0: Welcome to the Lost Mystery Podcast with Anton and Evan. I'm Evan, and I've been a Lost fanatic from the beginning.
1: And I'm Anton, experiencing the mysteries for the first time.
0: Join us as we start from the very beginning and make our way to the very end. This is episode 27, where we're discussing Everybody Hates Hugo from season 2 of Lost. Excuse me. Uh, hi. Back where you guys, uh, where you came from. Is there a woman named Rose there? Black chicken in her 50s.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She.
1: She okay?
0: Yeah, man. Michael. I'm Michael. Thank you, Michael. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm Bernard. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 27 of the Lost Mystery Podcast with Anton and Evan. Of course, I'm Evan. And I'm Anton. And we are discussing episode four of season two, which is called Everybody Hates Hugo. It's a Hurley-centric episode. And uh, let's jump into it. Um first thing obviously that happens in the episode is Hurley's dream. Yeah. I mean, do you think there was any purpose to that dream at all or was it just supposed to kind of throw us off guard or, you know, make us think that maybe there was some mystery that there really wasn't with Jen speaking English and and all that stuff?
1: You know, it was a very, for me, it was just a weird part of the show. I mean, I I couldn't like, I couldn't link anything to it. Right. Um, Yeah. Maybe I'm not thinking about it hard enough, but like I was trying to think why he would, you know, maybe only, I mean, the only thing I could think of is, and this is a stretch, but like, cause we actually find out that he says, I'm not speaking English. You're speaking Korean. Right. You know, like he's speaking another language where, you know, um, like he was going to be the outcast because right. Jim was the only person on the island that spoke another language uh-huh. and could communicate, right. you know, he put him in his awkward position. And this this whole, you know, episode is about Hurley being in an awkward position. Right. And that's the only thing I could really think of is, okay, it's like, you know, you're going to know what it feels like to be.
0: Right. So it's like kind of like until this point, you know, Jen's kind of been the odd man out. Yeah. But in Hurley's dream, now Jen's in there with everybody else. Exactly. He's the same. And Hurley's the odd man out. Yeah. That's true. I guess that makes sense. Now, one thing that is interesting to note is back when this episode was on mm-hmm. for the first time, all the promos that they had, like, you know, next time on Lost and all right. this stuff, those were all like, you know, it was a clip of Jen saying, hello, Hurley. you know. <laughs> so it was obviously they were trying to make you think that, you know, Jim was going to be speaking English in yeah, this next episode. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, you know, obviously I don't think that the writers put that in there just to kind of trick everybody. No. But obviously the people at ABC decided to use it as kind of this, you know um, – attention getting clip yeah. that would get people to watch the next episode.
1: I agree. I definitely agree. Um,
0: but your point is great about it being, you know, Hurley's feeling of being the odd man out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he dreams about it. And that's, and I guess it was probably only a few days before that he found out that son could speak English. Right. Yeah, I'm sure. So yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense then.
1: Yeah. Um, to me, that's the only the could draw from it. I mean, there may be some other huge reason, but yeah, that's all I got.
0: And the next thing I had was, you know, just like Hurley before when he stepped on the urchin and he tried to get, you know, Jen to pee on his foot. Yeah. You know, Sawyer's, you know, shoulder is hurt from where he got shot. Yeah. And he says, why don't you pee on it? You know, <laughs> to, to Jen. Yeah. I mean, I, is it common knowledge that you should pee on injured wounds or like injured body parts or something? Because I've never heard this before.
1: If it is, I don't know it. You know, I mean, the I, only thing I've ever heard is if you pee on athlete's feet... <laughs> You'll cure it. <laughs> (laughs) i've never heard that i've heard that and i've also heard this is going off on a little tangent with this pee thing i've been told that your first urine in the morning is good if you would pee and you're in and take that urine and splash it onto your face oh my gosh that's disgusting (laughs) (laughs) i've just been told never done this but they say it's really great for your skin and really great for you wow that's incredible i'm done with
0: it. (laughs) but what it made me think is like we have we've had several instances I'm so distracted by that. (laughs) I am too. I have to live
1: with this in my mind now. Uh, You do too.
0: It's it's etched into my memory (laughs) forever. Exactly. Anyway, you know we have several instances of lines being repeated by different characters, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and as soon as I heard Sawyer say this, the first thing that jumped in my mind is this whole idea of, um, man, this is so hard to talk about it's almost like a projected reality from one person's mind. Oh yeah. Like like one person is imagining all this and therefore that person's sayings and the things that they know, the things they believe Mm -hmm. come out through all the characters that are involved in the show. Yeah. You know, we had this and then we had the whole, you know, I know you made me a promise, but I'm letting you off the hook. Right. I think there was another one too, but I forget what it was. And Mm -hmm. I don't think there's anything to it, but it's like, That's the only thing that makes much sense as to why these characters would be repeating all these kind of obscure references or Mm -hmm. remedies and and just I thought that was kind of a little bit interesting. Yeah,
1: it it's definitely interesting. I mean, I don't know where like I mean that's probably the only explanation I could put to it too is what you just said, but Mm -hmm. um, because things like that do jump out at us. I mean, it's not like they just accidentally said the same thing. The writers rewrote it and go, "Oops, we said that before." You know, it's not like it seems intentional.
0: Yeah, so. that's true. I mean, it could be, too, that the person who wrote that last episode where Hurley wanted Jen to pay on his foot was mm-hmm. the same person that wrote this episode because they have a team of writers that sure. do these.
1: And maybe it's just a direct link back to Hurley since this episode's about Hurley. Yeah. You know, that's true. You yeah, know, that just could keeping be. you in that mindset of Hurley. Uh-huh. That's true. Know.
0: On the island, the bottle that they put all of the messages into washed up on shore uh-huh. and Claire found it. Yeah you know, it seems like there's a potential there for some of the secrets that were written on those notes or at least, you know, personal, yeah. you know, statements would, would be able to get out, potentially.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, you could tell she, it was just, it made her distraught. And I think it obviously was because, um, well, the I, way I thought about it was they were supposed to get rid of this bottle after they got out to sea. Mm-hmm. But the way Claire's face was, is like she almost pretty much knew that something had happened. Right. Cause, but it was, and I was like, well, even if they would have threw it out, it could have washed back. Sure, but yeah. but she, she the way she looked at it was like something's wrong, right? You know, so um, yeah,
0: it, yeah. I see what you're saying. Like, if you're on a raft in the middle of the ocean, there's a very good chance that that thing could have just fallen off. Yeah, you know, in the waves or something. Sure,
1: and then it came back. You know, I mean, the way currents work and things like uh-huh. that w- would have brought it back. But right. Claire definitely makes it seem in her when she sees it, she assumes the worst. Right. So.
0: Yeah. So um character bit here, we see Hurley working at Mr. Cluck's Chicken. Yeah. <laughs> he gets in trouble for eating food on the job, ends up quitting, and his friend also quits. Yeah. Um so they decide to spend the day enjoying not having a job. Yeah. Nothing much there, just a little bit of back backstory on Hurley, I guess.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, it was kind of it was it was it was funny to watch him, but it was also kind of hard for me to see Hurley have to go through this thing because I think, I mean, it was a big deal that <clears throat> that he had this money, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't think he really had anybody in his life that he thought he could really depend upon or trust. Right. And, you know, I think that changes changes the relationship. Well, we see that later on. It changes right. the relationship. But I kind of was just – I thought it was funny that he was still working at Mr. Cluck's. Uh-huh. I mean, he has this right. winning lottery ticket in his pocket, mm-hmm. hasn't cashed it in, and he's just almost refusing – to accept that, you know, right. in his life, and I,
0: I don't know, I don't know why. I mean, well, we see him do a couple of things, like you know, first he quits his job. Mm-hmm. You know, he has a great time hanging out with a friend of his. I forget yeah. his name. I don't know. But they go to the record store. He asks the girl out on a date. Yeah. Um, he does all these things, and he even makes the statement at one point that he wanted to ask her out before. Yeah. You know, meaning before he was rich and had all yep. this money, and he also wanted to make sure this friend of his wouldn't change exactly, even if he was rich. Right. You know, so it's kind of like he wants to make sure that having this money isn't going to disrupt his life too much before yeah. he accepts it.
1: That's a pretty big, I mean, that's a, that's a pretty big thing for him to do because. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, a lot of people would just would have ran straight to the lotto thing, but right. I mean, I think honestly he's taking the best approach at it because it's something yeah. like that would change everything. Uh-huh.
0: And I wonder why he has that approach too. Like, I mean, I don't understand you know, what may have happened like in the past or whatever that yeah. that gave him that mindset that he didn't want to mess things up. Exactly. That's yeah. kind of what I was thinking. is like, where, where is his life taking
1: him that he needs right. to have this assurance, mm-hmm. you know? Right. And obviously I don't know, but it could be something that's, because he talks to his mother about putting her through so much, about him being also in that institution. I mean, right. it seems like he's had something or a few things to go wrong pretty bad in his life.
0: Right. Yeah. So in the hatch, Said and Jack begin exploring, you know, the magnetic anomaly and, and find out that the concrete wall is at least 8 to 10 feet thick. It's ridiculous. And they find a way to get underneath the hatch. And uh, Said makes a comment. that The last time he heard of concrete being poured over something like this was Chernobyl. Mm-hmm. And I got some information here from Wikipedia about okay. Chernobyl, just for those who aren't familiar with it. So the Chernobyl disaster was a nuclear reactor accident in the Chernobyl nuclear power plant in the Soviet Union. It is so far the worst nuclear power plant accident in history and the only level seven instance on the international nuclear event scale, resulting in a severe release of radioactivity into the environment following a massive power excursion, which destroyed the reactor. Two people died in the initial steam explosion, but most deaths from the accident were attributed to fallout. You know, so this hatch is somehow, um, either something has happened in the past Mm -hmm. or, there's a, an, a, a potential for something to happen in the you know in the yeah. future, on this scale.
1: Yeah, which points back to the numbers they're putting in, and like if they don't do it, you know, because, it, I mean, it sounds like it's a pretty big deal, and it's it talks about some something really bad happening if they don't right. put those numbers in, and that's the only thing I can think of. So, oh, yep. well, they're on this; that's their job. So make right. sure it don't happen. Yeah,
0: it definitely gives some credence to, or either they've gone to great lengths to make to right. set things up to look like this yeah. could be a bad a bad situation or there is some truth to it.
1: Exactly. One or the other. I mean, because right. uh, before this, I thought it was just the whole, you know, psycho- psychological right. play that they're doing here. But now mm-hmm. I, I see this and I'm thinking, there might be right. some validity to this. It might yep. be validation here.
0: Yeah, and even if they are just trying to set it up to be this big, like, ruse, um, you know, they've got to make some kind of magnetic, you know, force... Yeah. that's going to be that powerful. Yeah. And that, that wouldn't be any minor feat. So. No, no, not at so, all. So, yeah, I think it's looking more and more like something that legitimately is going on. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, whether or not that typing in the numbers has anything to do with keeping it under control, who knows? Yeah, exactly. But there's definitely something there.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree.
0: Uh, next, I had a mystery here. Uh, Locke makes the, the comment that Desmond had found his replacements, and that's why he ran off in such a hurry. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that... These all these survivors were brought to this island, you know, much in the same way Desmond was brought to this island, mm-hmm. um, you know, simply to be pushers of this button.
1: Um,
0: just, I'll ask you straight out.
1: Okay. <laughs> uh, my, my initial thought is um, not, all, not all, but I think that the lock and, uh-huh. and, the, and those characters. Yes. I think that that's, I think that's part of why they're there. I mean, I think there's mm-hmm. more to it, but I definitely believe that that was, uh, well, Locke said, I mean, his little intuition there has definitely kept saying, if we get in there, we will have an answer for him. Get in there, mm-hmm. have an answer. Well, that makes me point to, well, yes, he was supposed to get in there right. and he's he supposed has, to replace Desmond.
0: Right. He, he has the type of personality and attitude that makes right. him perfect for that job of yep. pushing that button because yep. he believes that it's important. Most definitely. So, another mystery here. We meet one of the others, and her name is Libby. Of course, mm-hmm. up until now, we've assumed they were others. Now we know that there were survivors yep. from, from the back of the plane. Um, her name is Libby. Mm-hmm. Um, she says there were 20 of, 23 of them that survived. Right. Um, Michael says that there were 40 something of them, and I'm guessing that there were 42 that yeah. from, the, from the front section. Yeah. So we'd have 42 and 23, two yeah. of our numbers. Yeah. And um, it turns out that there was originally 23. But now there are are many less than that. Yeah, it looked like there were probably less than ten people. Yeah, exactly. So it goes back to what we said. I think it was last episode about these people experiencing something far more dramatic than what, what these other people did. Yeah, I
1: agree completely. I mean, she said when they actually when they walked into the what seems like another
0: hatch. Yeah, actually, when you, in several points of the scene, you can kind of vaguely see part of the Dharma Abdharma logo on the yeah. back. Uh-huh. Um, but then at the very end, there's a kind of a wider shot, and you can definitely see behind Bernard's back a full symbol, but we can't quite make out, at least on the standard definition version, <laughs> what, right. the, what the symbol is in the logo. Yeah, exactly. But it's definitely another hatch. Yeah. So they've, you know, much in the same way as the other group of survivors have found refuge. In one of these old Dharma hatches.
1: Yeah, but the thing is, this one's abandoned. Right, there this was one's, nothing in there. Nothing at all. It looks, I mean, like, just basically cement and metal right uh, you know and so whatever was there at one point has been gone for a bit Uh it seems like
0: which is interesting if there were these multiple Dharma hatches which we pretty much know now that there were right um, you know why one of them at least would be like perfectly updated have all this stuff down there be stocked with food and the other one would be completely abandoned
1: yeah that's kind of what I was uh, I thought about was like what what has happened or or you know why why You know, why is that one so, it seems like, I mean, literally, it looks like it's been gone for quite some years, Mm -hmm. you know, and the other one was maintained on a, at least probably monthly basis, like given new products and things like that. So I Mm -hmm. don't know.
0: Um, Yeah. The next character thing I had, and actually one of my last notes is we see Bernard. Yeah. um, Rose's husband. He's still alive and she knew it all along.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: That was really great. It was you know, it was real cool to see. I mean, there's the potential now for her to fu- to see her husband again. Right. Oh and yeah. And to find out, you know, that he was still alive. And that's uh that's really interesting to think about.
1: I thought it was also interesting that they, I mean, not that it's a huge deal in our society today, but Mm -hmm. interracial relationship. Yeah. We
0: definitely assumed, or at least I know I assumed when I first saw it that, oh yeah, it's going to, you know, her husband's going to be a black guy. Yeah. And that was all there was to it. Exactly. And then we see this and it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
1: That was really cool. And I can't remember how long they, or if she has said something about how long they've been married, but Mm. if they've been married for some time, they went through some hard times Mm -hmm. to be in that relationship. You know, I mean, they right. have any type of like mm-hmm. years, you know, of marriage.
0: Right. Like if they'd been together since they were young. Exactly. Right. I yeah, mean, definitely. so, mm-hmm. you know,
1: once again, it, their their bond and and just um, was so deep, you know. Right. I thought that was a cool way to, to bring that around.
0: Very cool. And definitely the actor, I forget the actor's name that plays that part, but it just his reaction job. to finding out that she was still alive. Yeah. You know, was was just awesome.
1: It was great. Yeah.
0: What else did you have about the episode that you can remember?
1: Um, you know the episode. Obviously, we said it was a is a you know Hurley uh, episode, and um, um, he, obviously he knew. I think. Well, obviously the 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 kind the, the comparison here was when he found that. Obvi- it seems like when he found people found out he got money, mm-hmm. they treated him a different way. Right. When he's put in this position of managing this food. Mm-hmm people treating or treating him a different way. Seems like something went extremely bad with the money other than what we may have even seen. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why he said, you know, he was like, he didn't want to do it. Right.
0: You know, I mean, he was going to the extent of blowing the food up. Right. Yeah, that that was my general thought on this episode. You know, I didn't quite get um, Hurley's whole dilemma with managing the food. Right. I mean, you know, why was he so upset about the fact, you know, that he couldn't keep uh, the people from getting into the food? Like, you know, Claire or Kate comes in and gets a bottle of shampoo. Yeah. Charlie wants some peanut butter. He gets really upset about those things and obviously makes some comments about, you know, that's how it all starts. Yeah. You know, and you know, also the flashback that happened, you know, to the character uh, typically ties in, in some way to the story that's happening on yeah. the Island. Yeah. And, um, I don't see a strong connection between the two events in this time, you know, right. him winning the lottery and trying to make sure his friends don't react differently and him managing, the food and the hatch and the way everyone reacted, you know, this time. I mean, yeah, he he was worried about his friends in the past not treating him the same way after he won the millions of dollars. Right, yeah. And, you know, now he's worried about how people will treat him since he's, you know, lord of the food. And uh, it seems kind of slim to me. Right. Like, I don't, I especially the idea of him being willing to blow up the hatch just because he doesn't want to have this responsibility of being in charge of the food.
1: Yeah, I mean... Uh, that's why I said, you know, there must have been some type of real negativity that came from that, sure. from that money. I mean, and that's the only thing I think of. It's something that affected him so bad with mm-hmm. that that he wasn't going to go through it again. You know, right. he wasn't going to. But it was kind of, I don't know, it was kind of a weird thing for me because I was just like, you know, it seemed like a no-brainer to me. It's like either you take care of the food. And you guys, do, you know, give it out as you see fit mm-hmm. or do what he did at the end. Right. Give everybody something and say, you know, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll divvy it up.
0: And the situation has just seemed very different to me. Like up until this point, everything negative about the money has been because of the numbers. Sure. And now it's like there may have been something other, you know, something else that happened socially because of the money itself. Yeah. That, you know, makes him think that this situation with the food is somehow going to be similar. Yeah. And I guess I just don't make the connection there of, you know, how they're similar. To me, the food thing is just good common sense. You've got yeah, 40 people that are trying to survive. And yeah, it might suck, but that's important for you to take that pretty yeah, seriously, yeah. you know? Yeah. And for him to just kind of, you know, decide that, no, you know, everybody just take what you want. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're not going to have enough to survive anyway. So you might as well just eat whatever you want. It's yeah. just, it's kind of odd to me.
1: Well, it's also kind of odd that. Like, well, obviously, it's a writing, it could only work that way, but they put Hurley in charge of it, you mm-hmm. know, and nobody else could do it. Right. And I was like, man, why him, you know? And I think it was right. one of those things he had to face something again, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. he had to face something that happened bad in the past and, and have a chance to have a different outcome. Right. But I mean, like you said, I think the connection's kind of loose. Yeah, I think so too.
0: Well, do you have anything else about the episode before we get into some <clears throat> feedback here?
1: Um, no other, other, well, I guess I do have one little tidbit, but I just really got to see more into the other group of survivors. Like they seem extremely petrified, extremely like, like fearful. And the only thing I could think of like that they got some of that sickness or something. Uh-huh. So that's, I
0: think, that's a great point. I hadn't thought of that. They may... The difference may be that they are actually infected with the sickness, whereas the others, other the other group of survivors weren't.
1: Exactly, and I, th- I was thinking, well, maybe it has something to do with the fact that that hatch was empty and vacant and abandoned. Mm-hmm. That that part of the island was uh, right. infected, or or whatever. Like or that's why it was abandoned, was exactly. Because that
0: part of the island was exposed to the sickness.
1: Yep, and the reason why the other group hasn't experienced it because Desmond was still doing his job. Right. You know.
0: Okay. So. I don't know. Great, so. great points there. Okay, so let's get into some feedback here. Uh, we have an email here from Debbie. Um, this is in response to a conversation we had uh, when we reviewed um, the Greater Good, mm-hmm. which was the syed centric episode where he goes to you know find his friend and right. all the terrorism stuff. And um, basically, in that episode, he found out that you know Nadia was still alive for sure. Yeah, he did. He yeah. was told where she lived at, and he was going to go find her. And we were really confused as to why um, he had you know kind of sp- started this relationship with Shannon, if the reason he was on that plane to begin with Mm -hmm. before it crashed was to go and finally get Nadia for the first time. Right, yeah. And that was really confusing to us. So Debbie writes in and says, I've always assumed they didn't know what to do with Saeed's character and taped the first couple of episodes where Nadia was thought to be dead and then later came up with the greater good story. And hey, Nadia is alive and can be used as bait. The Shannon story was odd. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he had genuine feelings for her as Saeed seems too disciplined to jump into a fling. A new fan, Debbie. And that's, that's a good point. Yeah. I mean, in the very first few episodes, I think within the first five episodes, they have the, the scene with Saeed sitting there on the beach looking at the picture of Nora. Right, yeah. And there's stuff written on the back of it, and we later find out what that is. But then later in solitary, when he finds Danielle... I believe is when he tells her that he was responsible for her being killed. Right. So it's possible that the writers kind of started down one road and decide to kind of change course, but that's pretty severe. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I mean, yeah. don't you think?
1: Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, that would be, I mean, that would be abandoning banding <laughs> in a story and starting a completely right. different one. I mean, it's, yeah. Uh, so,
0: I, I mean, I guess that probably makes the most sense, but if so, that's, that's a little kind of upsetting to me, <laughs> I think. <laughs> yeah, me know? too. I mean, that that's a pretty big change from going to, you know, Said having a story that starts with him, you know, causing this woman to be killed mm-hmm. to, you know, him finding out she's still alive and going after her to find her and but still start deciding to start this relationship up with Shannon.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I still need to kind of know an answer to that. You yeah. know, it's <laughs> like, you know, I want to know why, what what's going on here and, and I want to know if... She's, you know, Nadia's still alive, uh-huh. you know, and I want to know if he's still hunting. He's hunting for her, and, and he just got. Well, we right? know,
0: we know he is. I mean, that's the yeah, thing. I, mean, I, th-
1: I think I do. I mean, <laughs> I'm questioning everything at
0: this point. In that episode, I mean, he is put onto a plane. Sure. Literally, I, I mean, I, the day of the crash, I know, and he is on his way to Los Angeles to to get her. Yeah, I know. I mean, <laughs> that just
1: doesn't make. It sense makes to me.
0: zero sense to me at all. I mean. And there's no way he could have found out something after he got no, on the no, island. No, no, he didn't
1: get an email, you know, saying that she didn't want to be with him yeah. on the so, island.
0: So I guess, I mean, Debbie, yeah, thanks for your email, but I would very much like to get some more input on this. And, yeah, I mean, she
1: may be exactly right, but I'm ticked right. if she yeah. is. I mean, I <laughs> love your comment, but I'm mad yeah. about it. So. so
0: anyone else, I mean, I want to know any rational explanations for why Saeed has been so quick to kind of forget totally about Nadia since he's been on the island. Yeah.
1: I want to know as well without giving me any secrets or anything.
0: Well, next up, we have a voicemail here. Mm -hmm.
2: Hi, uh, my name's Debbie. Just found your uh, lost cast, and I'm listening to quite a few of them whiling away this first wintry day here in Minnesota, and you can use this if you want to. Uh, My question is for Anton. How far, I know that you're, one will be the greater good, which is one of the very last episodes of season one. But how far ahead are have you watched it? Are you watching them for the first time right before you do them, or have you went through and watched all of them so that you'll be caught up for when season five starts? Just kind of wondering how how unspoiled you are when you do these now. Uh, it, but it's it's so much fun to listen to somebody who is relatively unspoiled to much of what happens in the next seasons. Um, But I would also have a hard time not wanting to just do a 48 hour marathon and watch all of the seasons so I could be ready for January 21st. Anyway, I'm enjoying it. So thanks. Bye.
0: So you want to answer that, Anton? Yeah. Well,
1: here's the deal. Um, We just finished. Everybody hates Hugo. And Mm -hmm. that's all I've watched. So I'm, on schedule just i'm just recording an episode after i watch it and Mm -hmm. i'm not pushing to be done by season five started. right i want i mean believe me i would love to sit down and just watch every (laughs) season and then be ready because i'm i'm excited about it i'm fighting like network tv to keep Mm -hmm. the promos off the air (laughs) i mean like i'm doing everything i can to be unspoiled so um as, as, as much as I possibly can be I'm probably I'm probably one of the most lost lost people out there at, at this point right
0: yeah and just a, a technical note just to let you guys you know give you a better idea of what we're doing here uh, this episode is coming out on Christmas Eve mm-hmm. uh, we are actually recording it on December 9th right of 2008 so what we've done pretty much is we watch maybe you know two or three episodes a week mm-hmm and then we record. try to record at least two or three. Sometimes we do more, like four or five a week. Right. And then we have a release schedule um, that we try to put those shows out, you know, every Sunday, Wednesday, and Friday. So, yeah, by the time you actually hear this episode, we're, we're a little bit ahead.
1: Sure, we're ahead, but uh, as far as my knowledge is right. only on that exactly. e- episode. When so. we
0: record the episode, all that, you know, Anton knows is what we're talking about. And there are some times when we try to avoid this where he's seen like one episode yeah. past that. But we definitely are going to try to avoid that as much as possible. So that was a great question. We we hope that makes sense and uh, clears things up. But thank you very much for your call. Anything else here before we wrap things up?
1: No, oh, that's it. Um, I'm excited to get rolling here on season two and get into yep. it more. And, mm-hmm. um, and uh, as you guys jump into season five, I'll... I'll yeah. At some point, we will all be on the same page, I promise you. I wish you. there
0: was a way we could have you, like, just even though you won't wouldn't understand everything that was going on, just start watching season five.
1: Yeah, yeah, that'd be kind of weird. <laughs> I'd be, I would be totally messed up then. If anybody else out there wants to, like, pay me um, a lot of money to just <laughs> – To uh, watch to seasons watch, two, three, and four. Yeah, and get these done, then, yeah, more, I'll do it 24-7. Yeah. But until then, I'm going to be doing them uh, like we've been doing them. So,
0: yeah, Uh, just a reminder to everyone that our contest entries for the, you know, the DVD season giveaway uh, where you can choose any one of the four seasons of Lost on DVD and get that set for free. We need to have all those submissions by January 9th and to hear what that uh, contest is all about. Go back to episode 25 of the Lost Mystery Podcast and uh, get in on the fun. Well, I think that does it for us, and uh, we want to wish you all a Merry Christmas, and we will talk to you all on Friday uh, when we'll be discussing and found the next episode in Season 2 of Lost, and we hope you all have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Lost Mystery Podcast with Anton and Evan. New episodes are released every Sunday, Wednesday, and Friday morning at 7 o'clock a.m. Eastern Standard Time. In the meantime, if you haven't already, you can sign up and become part of our community at LostMysteryPodcast.com. Email us your questions or comments to info at LostMysteryPodcast.com. And please call our listener line at 765-439-4190 with your name, where you're calling from, and also let us know whether or not you'd like your comments to be used on an upcoming episode.